Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series, where we interview pastors and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute and across our fellowship, the Living Faith Fellowship. Each week, uh, we come together, we have these conversations about theology, doctrine, ministry life, uh, all of these things that are pertinent to leaders who are following after Jesus Christ and, and trying to establish disciples in this world. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation today. I'm, I'm with my friend, uh, Brian Clark of Crossroads Baptist Church in London, England. And uh, as you may or may not know, uh, Living Faith Fellowship has a its own publishing house, Living Faith Books. And, and we've been trying to produce faith-based material uh, over the last few years. And, and Brian Clark is one of our consistent authors. Last year, he released a book called The Gospel Course, which was intended uh, to introduce a, a non-believer uh, to the gospel in a very, very simple way and introduce them to what, what it means to follow Jesus Christ, uh, to give your life to Christ and to have a relationship with him uh, and to find forgiveness in, in, in that relationship. And, and uh, this book that's coming out this year uh, is a follow-up to that book, and it's called Brand New Book. That's the, that's the title, brand new book. And, and, uh, and we're, we're going to talk to Brian today about the contents of that book and what it means. And so, Brian, man, it's good to have you. It's good to be here. Can't wait, can't wait to hear about the new book. Yeah. Even though, um, I already know all about it. Right. But I can't wait for them to hear about the new book. It's, it's, yeah, it's brand new. And by the way, you're, you're the, you sent it to me in a designed format. Yeah. And I, I like the design. Did, did you, really? did you, did you do that? It's just a template. Man, it, it looks nice. Oh, well, good. Okay, I mean, we might change it. I hope you do, yeah. Because, I mean, you guys' magic. You, <laughs> you guys' magic you put on that is great. But you did a good job. Thanks. I like it. Thanks. Um, okay, so maybe uh, let's just begin by you summarizing the gospel course. Um, I, I, I gave a very, very, very brief, vague right. introduction to that book. Uh, but the gospel course is a small yeah. um, uh, work workbook kind of mm -hmm. um, devotional type format. Yeah. Explain it to us a little bit. Well, we uh, I really believe that uh, understanding the gospel, you know, and explaining it are often very different. Mm. And um, so there's a lot of people, they know the gospel, believe the gospel, understand the gospel, and they're saved as a result. But to be able to explain it to someone in a coherent way is difficult for a lot mm -hmm. of people. So if someone does get the opportunity to share the gospel with someone, you know, they're like, okay, so what do I say? Yeah. And more specifically, you know, how do I say it right? Uh, and uh, because we want to get it right. Mm -hmm. So it was really written just as a help, you know, uh, which there's just three lessons. And each lesson is divided up into the scriptures that you would look at, mm -hmm. as well as the story, because the story really then pictures those scriptures that you just read. Yeah. It gives you a context. Yeah. So you can read about how God forgives you, but then you see, like in the prodigal son, you see that father running out. Yeah. I, I guess you get to see that this is what waits for you uh, when you repent and come to come mm -hmm. to God and uh, through Christ. And so... Um, it, it combines the scriptures and the story for that purpose to really be able to not only explain the principles, but paint the picture. Yeah. And so um, in three short lessons, it's very short and you can just lay out the gospel. Anybody doesn't matter. It can just sit down with someone and walk through the gospel quite easily mm -hmm. uh, because when you do get the open door, 
you know, we want you to not just have the desire to share, but we want you to have the words. Sure. Yes. That's kind of our line. That's what we always say is that we want you to have the words. And uh, so that's why we wrote that. Yeah. And and by by gospel course, it's it's kind of implying the gospel discourse, Mm -hmm. right? Where you're conversing with another person and there's, you know, and it's supposed to guide a person through what that conversation might look like. Definitely. I mean, you can give it to someone just to read, I suppose, but it's really designed to sit down over a cup of coffee and walk someone through it. Right, exactly. And so now this is actually part of a a series of Mm -hmm. books that you're actually, uh, that you're producing. Mm -hmm. This next one is the second one in the series, a brand new book. Maybe give us just the uh, the premise of this this book. Yeah, we we just called it brand new because that's what you know someone who maybe uh, if they've come through the gospel course and have accepted Jesus Christ, you know that's what they are now. They're they're brand new, mm-hmm. and not only are they brand new, but this whole aspect of the Christian life is brand new. And uh, but it's more than that. What we really hope to achieve with this was we want you to have a brand new perspective on what the Christian life is about. The, there's several layers to that title, brand new, because you are brand new. This life is brand new. But we want you to have a brand new perspective on the Christian life itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hope to achieve that, to be able to change the way maybe you have always thought, like, this is what the Christian life was. And it's not what you think it is. Mm, yeah. Right. One of the things that you, you say, the very first chapter of the book um, says you ought to forget everything you know. Right. And uh, maybe you can describe, because I think you're implying a little bit of that right now. What does that mean when you say you should forget everything that you know, maybe about faith or about Christianity? Or Yeah. I, mean, I think that that's one of the hard parts is trying to, you know, unlearn, you know, things that you think that you know about. It's kind of like when you get married. Mm-hmm. You know, you come into marriage and you think marriage is going to be one way. Right. And then you discover, oh, wow. And sadly, sometimes you discover that like five years in. <laughs> you're like, this is not what I thought it was. And uh, so, yeah, whenever you're going to, you know, take on something like this, it's it's not necessarily that you're going to forget everything. Mm-hmm. And I also state this in the book. It's not that you're going to just forget everything. Uh, you're just going to let's just set it to the side for a minute. Because I think once you understand the Christianity from the Bible mm-hmm. and you get a biblical perspective, then I think all of those other puzzle pieces, so to speak, will be able to fit in nicely and will actually benefit you. Yeah. Um, and they'll be able to fit into that better. Um, it's kind of like the Apostle Paul. I mean, he studied the Bible all of his life, but it wasn't until Christ was put in his proper place. Well, now the whole Old Testament just opened up for him. And now he understood it mm-hmm. because he had that right perspective. And he's and he spent several years uh, relearning, relearning uh, what he needed, what he needed to know in order to move forward. So that's why I suggested let's just kind of let's start from a clean slate, yeah, and the best we can, and and jump into it new. And what are some of the things that you cover in that chapter that are important? To um, consider. One of the things I like about this book, you know, we we talk about vegetables, and um, because uh, vegetables are kind of the foundation of like healthy nutrition, mm-hmm. you know, protein's good, fruit's good, but vegetables are kind of like a foundational thing to being healthy and uh, good nutrition. And the only problem with them is that they're gross. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. You can deny it all you want, but vegetables are freaking some gross. Are, some are worse than others, but but yeah. in terms of food in general, yeah. it is the most disgusting. Nobody has ever eaten a little florette of broccoli and thought, mmm, man. This is better than any cheesecake I've ever man, had. Man, it's delicious. Yeah. Yeah, so you're eating grass, man. <laughs> it's just, it's gross stuff. It's... <laughs> All this stuff, zucchini and like yeah. uh, celery sure. and yeah, carrots. I mean, so the problem with that is, is that you grow up and your parents are like, you know, you have to eat it. You need to eat it because it's good for you. Mm -hmm. You need to eat it because it's good. I think, honestly, I think that's the way people view their Christian life in many respects. You know, coming to church, reading their Bible, right. serving, doing the right thing living a holy life it's like they do it because they know it's right they do it because they know it's good and they should it's good for them you know good for god good for you so we should do it because it's good but it's not enjoyable yeah it doesn't bring pleasure yeah, yeah and it's not maybe not even supposed to bring it, maybe it's not even supposed yeah. to yeah and it's like it's just vegetables mm -hmm. for everyone like yeah faith is like the vegetable of life yeah is what you're saying exactly oh, yeah Sounds righteousness miserable. is like broccoli mm -hmm. right but sin is like cheesecake yeah and that's the bill of goods we've been sold is that because i believe it's actually the opposite sure and the Bible would suggest it is too. Absolutely. Yeah. You need to taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. It's like sweet, like honey. And righteousness is good. Yeah. It's clean. It feels it feels great. One of the things I really liked about studying Elijah recently is that is that um, the angel of the Lord baked him cakes. All right. Right? Which mm -hmm. obviously is, you know, probably just bread. But in my mind I thought, man, if if the Son of God baked me a chocolate cake, I wonder how what that would taste like. Right probably tastes like the gospels or something <laughs> right it's, it's like, like the it's like the, the gospels are like the chocolate cake of scripture or something right so that's I, what you're implying so that's kind of what the book is about yeah. in the sense of really trying to see this from the perspective of the reason why we do this is uh we, there is an aspect of duty in our life there's nothing wrong with duty that's that's a good attribute but we can't stop there right we need to do this out of delight. So I give an illustration oftentimes of like a husband and wife, a marriage. And uh, the husband walks in and he throws down a bouquet of roses on the table. He's like, there's your roses, you know, that's the deal what I was supposed to do. So you can be happy now. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, when if a husband does that, because that's his duty as a husband, mm -hmm. um, obviously, the, the wife is not honored by those roses. Right. Uh, quite the contrary. She's actually dishonored because what she knows now is that there is nothing about her that compels anything in you to just go out and buy her roses because you delight to do so. Mm -hmm. There's nothing about her that compels you to do that. You're just doing it out of your duty. And if duty is all there is, it's actually more of an insult mm -hmm. than it is to honor someone. Right. And I think that if that's all we come to the table with in our Christianity, we're doing the same thing. Yeah, it's robbed of all the passion and, and the heart and the relationship that's really requ required of it. Right. So there's nothing about Christ mm -hmm. that compels us to 
to to sacrifice to serve you know and so there's many aspects of that christian life so again the marriage uh relationship uh just, you know the sacrifice that's involved in marriage uh the coming together if people started off marriage if they were like okay i'd like to marry you and you said okay you know i'll marry you but now wait a second uh, so are we going to have to like have a joint bank account and we're going to have how many kids and uh you know we start going through the mm-hmm. list mm-hmm. of all the duties yeah uh nobody would follow through really with that because it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a quite a sacrifice. But when you realize that these things are things that you're doing because you delight in each other, it's a new life that you're building together mm-hmm. that you enjoy to do those things for one another because it creates a brand new life that you didn't have before together. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And I think it's interesting, too, because this book is for is really for new believers. Right. And it makes me think, you know, when you get saved, you accept Christ as your Savior. It's There is something about that it's so much of that is heart right. so much of that is uh there's there's a passion there's a uh it, it's like it's like eating cake you know, right. that moment of salvation there's like a elation and, and and celebration in that but so quickly because of religion we get to that place of duty yeah where what tasted like cake initially you know it's like you turned around and you're you got your brussels sprouts on your plate right uh, before you even know it and so I think it's, it is interesting uh, what you're talking about because what you're suggesting is that we need to retain uh, a, a passionate relationship with Christ. Right. And then how, does, how do you suggest that that's done? Well, it's, uh, again, I think it's, it comes down to a perspective. And one of the things I really tried to stay away from in this book is, is like giving a lot of steps. Mm-hmm. That, that wasn't what I hoped. Uh, we might get to that another time. Right. But in this, I tried to shy away from just giving a lot of steps to just trying to say, um, let's focus on the perspective that you have. Cause I think like we were talking to this one guy and we were trying to lead him to Christ. And he was like, you know, I can see what you're saying. You know, he says, but if you're suggesting that I need to start going to church every Sunday and read my Bible every day and I need to do this and do that, he's like, I'm probably not going to be able to stick with that. And I think that oftentimes people, that's what they think of when they mm-hmm. think of the Christian life is now I've just got all these chores to do. Yeah. And and we're saying, no, actually, when you fall in love with the person of Christ, you know, when it's about a relationship with the person, well, then all of those things become just part of the life that you're building together. Yeah. And there's a joy even in the sacrifice and even in the pain, mm-hmm. uh, just like when you get married to, you know, man and woman get married. Uh, there's a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. There's things you give up, but there's things that you get. And it's all brand new because of that. Mm. And um, so that love relationship transfers duty into delight yeah and so there's many aspects of that when we look at the christian life there's uh effort that you have to put in uh, the christian christianity is not opposed to effort uh, grace is not opposed to effort grace is opposed to earning yeah but it's not opposed to effort mm-hmm. so there is an effort and there is a striving and a trying, and it's even difficult sometimes. But again, you think not just of a marriage, but think of like a, a man who is uh, a runner who runs a race. The Bible uses not only marriage as a picture, but it uses running a race as a picture. Mm-hmm. And you think of these athletes and what they go through, the dedication, you know, the ambition and the striving and uh, all the hours of training and training and the pain and but they have so much joy yeah. in what they're doing because when they 
think of running across that finish line and they think of getting the gold and all of that stuff, there's such a joy. They're doing it because they love it. Right. They're, they're, they're going through the pain because they love it. And uh, that's what we're missing. Mm-hmm. You know, Christianity is not just eating vegetables because it's the right yeah. thing to do. There's We're willing to go through that pain because we love him and because we love it. And so... What are some of the other things that, uh, you know, that the book addresses in terms of struggles that the young believer might have? Are there, are there there's warnings or things that they have to be aware of? Yeah, I think uh, the main one is uh, dealing with this idea of the long list of duties, mm-hmm. you know, and we where we come from in England, you know, that's going to be a very cultural perspective. I don't know if that's the same kind of cultural perspective that you would have here mm-hmm. is that, you know, you have to you know, get rid of this, get rid of that. And that you have to add this long list of things that you have to do. And it seems kind of daunting. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and we're just, all we're saying with this book, which is also a very short book, is that you're coming at this from completely the wrong perspective. Because there is, if you're saved by grace, there's nothing that you can do that will make your father love you more or make him love you less. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do to add to that or to to diminish that. So what he's done now through Christ is he's freed you from that. Mm -hmm. So now you're able simply to enjoy him as you were always meant to do. And that's really the perspective of the Christian life is the reason I go to the Bible every day, the reason why I go to worship alongside other believers the reason why I share it, that's another whole aspect of the book is sharing it. But the reason why I do these things is these are ways that I enjoy him. Mm-hmm. This is what my life is now is I have a relationship with him and I want to enjoy him in every single thing that I do. And uh, so these are just how I do that. Yeah. You know, I don't go out on a date with my wife because that's what good husbands do now. But the problem is, is that like if you're having marital problems, then you might have some minister or counselor that would say, okay, now here's what you need to do. You guys need to set up a date night and you get into that situation where you have to do something because you know it should be that way, Mm -hmm. you know, and we kind of think that way if we're going to fix our life and there's things that we got to do. But the truth is, is that if I'm in love with my wife, uh, I enjoy spending time with her, you know, and I want to go out on a date with her. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. We're going to pause right here for just a second so we can hear from one of our students from the Living Faith Bible Institute. Hi, my name is Miles Cheadle, and LFBI is an incredible asset for anybody that wants to to learn and to grow in their knowledge of the Word of God, and not just that, but to apply it uh, in ministry and to grow as a minister. Uh, You have incredible uh, preachers and pastors and missionaries uh, that aren't just teaching the Word of God, but they, they live it out in their everyday lives. And so it makes the insights that they share incredibly practical uh, for day-to-day ministry. Uh, again, this is a place to, to continually be challenged in the Word. Uh, we don't want to be people that go stagnant in our walks. Uh, we need to be put in remembrance. And so even if you say, man, I learned these things years ago, well, we need to be put in remembrance and to continue to trust God to grow and to stretch us and to equip us to invest in others. And so if you haven't already, this is something that you want to be a part of. Uh, and so uh, I just uh, encourage you to consider that. Uh, thank you. Bye.
that interests you at all, please visit lfbi.org and consider enrolling in classes. One of the things that's really important to remember about that is that love does require work. It's like love begets love, Yeah. right? And mm-hmm. love love requires effort and that effort begets more and more love and, and, right. and it just builds. And I think what you're saying is that, you know, there are a lot of evangelical churches, right? That are leaving, leading people to the Lord. But I think maybe that we're, we're missing something in terms of uh, that next step. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, there's something that so many of these people that desire to, to see these people enter the kingdom of God, the next step is always very difficult. I don't know if you've ever run into this situation. Maybe when you were younger, you'd lead someone to the Lord. And, um, and, and it was like, you're just looking at each other like, wasn't that exciting? <laughs> yeah, like now what? Right, but now what? Mm-hmm. And you sense the like, what are the what's now that they've made this decision? What are the next things that I say? I feel like this book addresses that yeah. and and makes the prospect of moving forward in faith exciting. Absolutely, yeah. that's that is really because I think that it is. I think that it's a it's a joyous thing mm-hmm. to come to the Lord. And I think because of the culture we live in, we live in such a this this hustle culture, productivity culture, self-help culture that we live in today that everybody's turning over a new leaf, starting a new program, yeah. starting a new yeah. class. And every other week. It's, yeah. And it's like this is just another one of those things that people are going to do to fix up their life. And uh, and the book is trying to say, no, this is like this is different. This is like you falling in love and getting married to the love of your life. Mm-hmm. That's what being saved is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming to become a Christian is about you running the race of your life and crossing the finish line, winning the gold. And even more than that, it's even it's a fight as a soldier. That's another analogy the Bible used to describe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a fight that you have this cause that you believe in so much that you are willing to stand for it. Yeah. There's even as horrifying as the life of a soldier can be. There's a kind of joy that whenever you are fighting for something that you know is true and you believe in, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of cause. And uh, that's what Christianity is. It's the ultimate cause for which you want to stand for. It's the ultimate race that you have so much joy when your muscles burn. You have joy mm-hmm. about crossing the finish line when you look into your lover's eyes and you you believe in her and she believes in you and mm-hmm. you're just like, I don't want to be anywhere else right now. That kind of joy, that's what coming to Christ is like. Yeah, We finally find all the things that they've been trying to portray in the movies and the books and the songs all of these years, we finally find it in Christ and he frees us from all the obligations of the law so that we can just simply enjoy him. Yeah. Maybe for the first time in our life, we get to really enjoy him. And I think if we go into it from that perspective, I think it it changes the way we do everything. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I, I feel like a book like this is written from ex- experience. So maybe even like how you came up in faith. Um, these sure. are things that you struggled with, even in your own faith. And, sure. and um, Well, I think uh, 
the way I was raised mm-hmm. uh, was very helpful in this regard. I think someone else could have come to this conclusion uh, by being raised the opposite way and seeing how wrong it was. Mm-hmm. Um, my family was very helpful in this regard that even though I grew up in a very conservative Baptist family, uh, my grandfather and my father, they were never like legalistic. Mm. They really always helped me to see uh, that the point was the relationship. And they were very helpful in that. Mm. And uh, and so I was very lucky um, mm. that I was raised in this particular aspect in a, in a biblical way. And they helped me to see even as a child. But growing up, uh, it's very easy you know, when you grow up in the South, the United States, it's very easy to, for you to think that your life basically boils down to how good your church attendance is. Mm. That's really what your Christian, as long as you are, arrive at the meetings, w- what else is there to do? Right. You know, coming into Christianity, you really just uh, have just more in your schedule than you did before. Yeah. And uh, as long as you're a good church, and, and you even say that to people, you're like, when they're having trouble in their life. Well, you just need to get into church. Mm-hmm. That's what we tell people. You need, and there's truth to that. You do mm-hmm. need to get to church, but it's what you mean by that that makes all the difference. And so it's very easy for you to start thinking, you know, if I will just read my Bible more, yeah. if I will just pray more, you know, if I will just come to church more, if I'll just more, 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 if I just do more. And I think that's true. But it depends what you mean by that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's the same thing as me saying, if I just take my wife on more dates, we'll be happier. Yeah. Well, yes and no. Because if you're just taking on dates, well, no, you're just gonna waste a lot of money. Yeah. You know, if, if I just will spend more time with my wife, then we'll be happy. You know, if we'll schedule times to meet on the couch and just talk about our day, we'll be happy. Well, maybe. But not necessarily, because mm-hmm. it depends on if you start with, you know, I, I want to love the person. Yeah, it's a heart thing. Then the, the actions follow. If you start with the actions in order to produce love, you're never going to get there. No. No. But if you start with, I want to I want to love my wife. Well, what does a person that loves their wife do? Well, then they naturally talk to her and spend time and go out on dates and mm-hmm. buy her flowers and do the dishes and, you know, all the stuff. You start with the person and the actions flow out of that. But we always start with the to do's and we're hoping that by t- doing all these things, it will produce the right feelings in us. Mm. I just think we get it backwards. Even in, in churches like ours that believe in the in the power of discipleship and, and what that means, what that process means, if you approach the process with the wrong heart attitude and it, it can become programmatic and someone can say well i i did discipleship and you know that's the usually how they say i did discipleship yeah like they checked that box that right. they checked that to-do list and all of the power and all of the 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 um affection and strength and love that is supposed to be cultivated in that season of life where you're where you're learning these new truths gets lost because it's because it's a program yeah yeah and i think that if we switch the perspective, if we flip that, then I think that it's possible. It's, it is possible for us to come into our Christian life and we can, we can eat cake. Mm. I think we can enjoy the sweetness of, I mean, there's something that is so sweet. I mean, I remember if I can, uh, 
take the moment just to uh, tell you a story. But like when I was first asked Minnie to marry me mm-hmm. and um, I was working two jobs, I was bussing tables and washing dishes and delivering pizzas. That sounds really you know, great, doesn't it? <laughs> but I was doing all these things to save up money to buy her a ring, you know, so that I could ask her to marry mm-hmm. me. And, um, and man, it was like, it was fun. It was it, it was so hard. I mean, I was coming yeah. home at two o'clock in the morning. These are the worst jobs. Just the you had, worst. You had the worst jobs. Yeah. But it was a joy because you knew what, what you were striving for. Yeah, because yeah. it was for her. Yeah. And, you know, that was so, it was such a great memory mm. thinking about those pizzas and, you know, the dirty dishes and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, it was a joy. Yeah. Because it was for her. And I think that that's the sweetness that we miss uh, when we come into this, just thinking it's not really about Christ at all. It's just about, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. You know, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with duty. Mm-hmm. I think if it just, if it only stays at that, because there's days I wake up and I don't feel like serving my wife. I, I want to get up, but I just want to serve me. Mm-hmm. And I have to remind myself that's not your duty. Mm-hmm. You do okay. That's fine. But if it only stays at that, then we really miss the point, right? Yeah, that's really good. Who needs this book? How do you want it to be used? I think every believer <laughs> <laughs> on the face of the earth needs this needs book. this book. Yeah, they should all buy this book. And they um, can find it on Amazon. I really hope that it will be used to couple with the gospel course. Uh, to be able to uh, walk through the gospel course with someone and then, you know, be able to give them this uh, as a way to say, you know, just kind of as an addition to say, now that you're coming into this, uh, this will help with the perspective yeah. so that you know how you're coming up. Is this yeah. also the type of thing, though, that a, a believer should keep on hand if they if they have the opportunity to lead someone to the Lord, say, in an invitation after a Sunday service or at a restaurant or, or at the cafe? Absolutely. Uh, they could have it on hand, and it would be that post-salvation supplement, that thing that they need for, to help that person take the next step. Is I that, think that's an important word, post-salvation. Mm-hmm. I think that if... If someone gets this really without the gospel, right. then it's just not enough. Yeah. But I think that post salvation, after the gospel, to set that right perspective, I think it can be uh, helpful. Yeah. So that's really what I hope is that it will just be helpful to be able to turn the vegetables into yeah, cake. That's good. So Brian, yeah, thanks, man. Uh, I'm excited about the release of the book. I'm, I'm excited anytime you write a book for Living Faith Books. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hopefully there's many, many more to come. So. Uh, the gospel course was really well received. And so I'm, I'm expecting the same thing cool. uh, here. And, and we want to invite you uh, to visit lffellowship.com. And you can find all of the Living Faith uh, books uh, right there on the website. It's right there in the main navigation. You can click on that and you can find books from all of our authors. And there you'll also find a link uh, to Amazon where you will be able to find uh, Brian's book. It'll be available there. Very inexpensive, small book, easy to read, easy for anyone, even if they don't have much of a theological background to read. Very, very enjoyable and fun uh, with lots of stories. And so uh, we want you to check that out. Um, and uh, and have them, you know, use them in a, in a, in a 
in your evangelical ministry uh, to help people take that next step in their faith. The book will be called Brand New Book, and um, we want to invite you to check that out. We also want to invite you to check out lfbi.org, Living Faith Bible Institute, uh, where Brian actually teaches. He teaches on evangelism uh, at LFBI, and, and it, there are other co- courses that we offer on all different subject matter. And if you're looking to grow in your faith and, and your knowledge of God's Word, we want you to check that out, lfbi.org. God bless you and thanks for joining us again for another episode of The Postscript.